Welcome to the Spa Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. In light of the current challenges we're having around the world with the new coronavirus, COVID-19, I'm doing something different today and sharing a bonus podcast interview with you. This interview is with my aunt, Linda Foster, who has been living in Italy for decades and is a peak Pilates master instructor and fitness leader in Rome. She's now isolated and protected in the countryside in Italy and is there with her husband and their dog. I did this interview as a Facebook Live and an Instagram Live, but because of the technical difficulties, I wasn't able to share directly from Zoom. But I did capture the video on Zoom. So that is why you'll see me holding my phone so that people can see my Aunt Linda. But this is such a better way to see um, her and hear the information is by sharing it as a podcast. This is such an important topic, and Linda shares some really valuable information in this interview, including why Italians were at high risk. She's been living there for decades. She really has been getting to know the culture. She also shares how serious this virus really is from being in the inside of this and seeing what's happening and the restrictions or regulations that they're having to follow, who it has impacted, including doctors, and what problems they're having there, and what we in the US can start doing now to protect ourselves, both from a hygiene perspective and from a wellness perspective. And as a fitness expert, she gives some great recommendations for your health and well being. And in the end, the message she provides is one of hope. So please enjoy this interview. Lombardy was put in shutdown, Lombardia, because that's where the most contagion and serious illnesses and the highest death rate is taking place. Uh, Lombardia is where Milan is. So you can imagine that the the enormous impact it's having. Um, And things were closed there. First, it happened outside of, um, and forgive me, I'm a little emotional too. I'm not going to remember the name of all the towns, but you can get that off the news. Um, The first two small towns that were completely isolated. But the contagion is very quick. And there are many theories, and I'll talk about that, about why. Um, And so we're not used in Italy to being in shutdown, as you are not in in the United States or in, in any European nation. Um, China was an example, and Italy was in very close contact and sending help to China. And um, so I think the government was somewhat prepared, knowing what had happened in China. Um, First, there was a, 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 this small town was isolated, but naturally a few people, some people decided to go skiing, so they sneaked out in the evening, and various stories of that sort. Um, what appears to be happening, and you being a naturopathic physician, you know as, as well as I, that the contagion, we carry, we can, I'm not a carrier that as far as I know, but um, the, the virus is carried for quite a long time. Now they're thinking up to 20 days. Um, there's also a theory that it's carried by very young people, although they are more resistant to the disease. But the doctors are saying, be aware, everyone. There are now um, people in their 20s with coronavirus. The greatest um, death rate has been with the elderly, 
from 65 up. And there is another interesting note, uh, tragic, but interesting, that there is so much more contagion in Italy than there was in North Korea or um, even in relation uh, to China. And one of the theories is that perhaps um, Italy has an older population. It's not a young country as China is. And, um, and so it seems more vulnerable people become very ill with the coronavirus, which becomes a viral pneumonia. And then they have to go into the hospital because they have to be on, on um, life support. So what is happening, and the reason that it is such a, a tragedy is that the health system in Italy is excellent. I can, I can say that I've lived for many, many years. Um, I was skeptical, was skeptical in the beginning, you know, and I have my private insurance and all of that, but I have worked through it several times and it is excellent. And in Northern Italy, it's probably one of the best health, health systems in the world. And, and yet what's happening is that there are so many people coming in that now the fear is that, and the reality is that the doctors and nurses are simply exhausted and they're becoming, um, they're catching the virus, and there's been a death recently of a of a very well known doctor. And in many of them, they're they're working shifts of twelve hours a day, nonstop, since this emergency began. So what the country is trying to do by putting the, all of Italy in a shutdown mode, that is that you can't leave your your um, municipality. So for me, I cannot leave this, this small area where I live without a permit. Even if I want to go outside and walk my dog, I have to have a permit. And if you're stopped and checked, you'll be videogrammed and um, your, your permit. And that shows you've been out once today and you can't go out again. Now, um, what, is this, what is happening to the tone of the country then? Well, I think there's fear. I think in Italy in particular, there's fear of isolation because it's a very close social network in Italy. You've, you've visited many times and you know, even from Rome, Rome is built around piazzas and neighborhoods and the neighborhood bar. And now the neighborhood bar, which is a coffee bar where you go for breakfast, you go to see your friends in, in the middle of the day, you go for have a coffee for an espresso at the end of the day and a drink at the end in the evening. These are all closed. The only thing that's opened in Italy now are um, essential uh, businesses, pharmacies, grocery stores with limited hours, um, and various things that, that, that you just have to have these things to keep life functioning. However, there are long lines, and um, my husband is, goes down occasionally. Um, he's in the, the high-risk <laughs> group because a year ago he had pneumonia, but bacterial pneumonia, and, but he goes down, waits in the car. Only four people can go into the, the, the store at, at once, um, and, there's, and, and it's very well organized. So what is happening then? Um, I have a small group on WhatsApp of my, my clients and my, my friends that um, I have a Pilates studio, as you know. So I'm trying to stay in touch with them and, and, and help any way I can. We're doing 
some classes online through Skype live one-on-one -on -one trainings, but mainly to just keep the communication open. So I asked them, I said, I'm going to be talking to my, to my niece and please, I want to be your spokesperson. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you want to say. And it's been so interesting. One of the first comments was, um, talk about creativity, Linda. Tell people to, to be creative, to not just stay on the phone, to not just look at television and be overwhelmed, but to find new ways of communication. Poetry. Love the people near you. Um, and I have felt this overwhelmingly from everywhere. My first, the hardest thing for me when this first happened, when I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't go back into my studio in Rome. I'm out um, in the country with my husband. I love nature. And so this is saving me. I'm living under pine trees and I'm looking at blue sky and I don't know if you can, you can't see, but out there, there it's a beautiful evening. And, um, but most people are in their apartments. And so you've seen on the news that at six o'clock, just about now, there are people out on their balconies and on their terraces and, and in their windows and they're singing. And that's Italy. Italy is the country of culture. Of, of people of grand opera and you know uh, composers dance and and people live that in an emergency that's what i'm feeling coming out in italy another one of my my friends in my group one of my students uh it was elisa who said poetry linda creativity she's also she a, a Pilates teacher who studies with me, but she also is volunteering with the Red Cross right now and helping because in her small town in, in, um, in Spoleto, there were very few. They, they just needed help. Another friend of mine um, from Grosseto, she is, her name's Rosella. She has a Pilates studio that, like mine by law, has been closed for a long time. She does online um, trainings with her students and she got in touch with me and she says Linda it worked so well people wrote me and sent me photographs and said it was like having you in the studio and so she asked me to send some breathing exercises because I have a few protocols for breathing exercises and um, then another uh, friend of mine who is in a town uh, near Lago di Bracciano she her sister is is immune compromised She's also a Pilates teacher and she wrote and she said, Linda, please tell people to take it very seriously. If you love the people around you, avoid them. That it's not going to go away quickly. Um, her niece, in fact, who lives in Boston and does research there, um, very important research, I think, was also sending her the message that we have to be calm. And we have to be patient with ourselves and with others. And then talking, talking to Alessandra, my husband's daughter, she sent me a note and she says, Linda, this is, there's positive in this because nature is breathing again. Nature is coming alive. 
you've seen on the news that the, the canals in Venice, the water is clear, you can see the fish, the porpoises are coming back. It's only taken a few weeks and the satellite images of Italy from, from NASA show no smog. It takes so little for the earth to come back and we just need to allow it to do that. So we're all praying in whatever spiritual <laughs> or non-spiritual um, approach we have, that when all of this is over, and someday it will be over, that we'll care about the earth as we're really learning to care about one another. So I'm seeing people who are fitness freaks, but we simply, they've, they've come down upon people jogging, still jogging in the park, um, they're afraid of this. You shouldn't go outside to jog. So another, a woman who was my right arm when I was doing teacher tra uh, training courses all over Italy, Antonella, she sends me a picture and she's on her bike. She set it up in her window, her outside bike, and she's pedaling and she's saying, I'm looking out at the trees and we go, we spin. <laughs> and um, there's so much hope. And so, I have been incredibly feeling the swelling emotional sense. I know I'm very sensitive to the energy around me. I studied psychology because I love the human system. I'm human beings, each one's so different, it's so interesting. And then I studied dance because I have it in my blood and I had to, like all of you, you know, everybody in the family, they're either dancers or they're creative or they're workouts geniuses and or physicians and and um and the two to me are the same thing and you move your body you express through body language as animals do um and what i've been feeling i think is the energy around me that i feel overwhelming when you asked me um invited me to this this uh wonderful occasion to share what's happening in Italy, I thought, I can't, it's too much of a responsibility. How can I speak for Italians? But I've been here for several decades <laughs> and I can't speak for them, but I can speak of them. And the beauty, the pride in the beauty of this country, of everything about it. Every region has many towns, each town has its own character. Each town, no matter how small, is full of extraordinary artwork and nature. And Italians are very, very proud of their, their country and the beauty in their country, as I think the whole world understands it. And so another friend of mine, Franca Brunella, she's been one of the pioneers in um, three-dimensional imaging and things like that, really ahead of her time. But she sent me a very long, um, uh, a statement that had been written by a student. It's much too long, but the gist was uh, many, many Italians are a little put out by the other European nations that seem to be putting them down. There was somebody in, in a, um, and not, a, not a, a government official, but a, uh, a journalist in England who made a comment like, oh, it's just another excuse for Italians to do nothing. You cannot imagine what the explosion in Italy over that. And saying the beauty here that we 
invented, uh, when you look at your television, think about the Italian invention. When you speak on your phone, think about the Italian inventor, the navigation and all of that. And so the pride is coming out again. But also the simple going back, and not just in Italy, I remember my mother who was from South Carolina and she used to talk about how at lunchtime, her father, who worked in the town, they lived in the town, um, came home every day for lunch. And, um, and they had a, a, you know, a lunch and then they had their supper in the evening. But people shared meals three times a day. They sat down at the table. And in Italy, that's been one of the, this, the, the food in Italy is, is a precious uh, treasure for the whole world and for Italians. And now what's happening? First, there was hysteria, really. People running away from the, from the um, control zones, taking trains when they shouldn't. And yes, maybe by that, that way they were, they were also spreading the contagion. But when people settled down and were in homes, Again, they started having meals together. People, people are cooking and online. They're exchanging recipes. And um, I think after this, the society will find a renewed cohesion. And I hope that will happen in the United States. Our United States is so big, you know. It's part of our culture to separate early and live here and live there and be separated. But not only in the United States, in Italy, in the world now, there's a, a sort of acidity, a, a meanness that is unnecessary. And I think um, in a time like this, we have to let go of that. There's another thing that my husband wrote this all out for me. I don't know if you can see it. He said, Linda, you have to read this. I said, I don't think I can. But Linda, read it. I want to make sure that you can read my writing and all of that. But, um, and your husband it was just, is Italian. <laughs> he certainly is Italian, Giancarlo. Very proud Italian as well. Also highly critical, as, as all Italians have been. But in the end, I think many people are thinking maybe, and I'll say we, maybe now we should be less critical of being, of being Italian and be proud of all the things that this country has, has created in the last 2000 years and before that. And, um, and it is precious and we need to just, oh, I'm real, I'm shaking. <laughs> Well, Linda, can you tell us what, what do you think that people in the U.S., what do you think we should be doing now? I mean, they, we've been told that we're two weeks behind where you are now um, and that we can do things now to help keep it from becoming more of a problem and that we can, we can do things now. And there are people who think that this is sort of, you know, a and not, not, not a hoax, but it's over overhyped. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that's exactly, so, excuse me for interrupting, uh, but that is exactly um, the way it has gone here. There, because there was also many doctors and, and um, even virologists, uh, uh, who scientists who studied um, viruses, saying this is a this is just another um, influenza. It, it, it has a different uh, way of expressing itself and so forth. Uh, it mainly 
um, people who already have existing um, existing problems, you know, the elderly also, or have in weakened immune systems generally. But as we go forward, certainly in Italy, that has not been the case. And they're now trying to understand why there has been such a, a rapid and rapid um, extension of this disease. And also some of it could be cultural. In Italy, um, we hug and we kiss on both cheeks, right? <laughs> Children live at home until they're in their 20s. Unlike in the United States, you leave for college and then you go to live on your own. Many, many times here, people are living at home so they can afford to go to college, which is in the same city and so forth. Um, <clears throat> and those may be some social factors that have something to do with the spread of the disease. And what does that have to do with you? Um, I would say, take it seriously now. Um, so that when the arc of infection and, and contagion, which could be, I could be carrying the disease and never know, right? Many people carry the coronavirus and, and are asymptomatic um, and, and don't ever express the disease. That's one of the, the mysteries and the difficulties. So I would say to stay close at home, avoid travel if it's not absolutely necessary, do the basic things. Wash your hands often. Use hand gel. Don't touch your face, your eyes, your nose. And what I tell <clears throat> even my students, be aware. Take a breath and be aware of your gestures. When you're talking, do you rub your eyes? Do you rub your nose? Is it just a, an automatic gesture? Try not to do that. Okay. Carry Kleenex with you. And if you have to sneeze, don't sneeze on your hands, then wipe your eyes or touch the doorknob or hold onto the rails in the train because the virus can live up to, I think it's 12 hours on metal and glass. These are, these are numbers that you'll, you'll have to check going online, but it does have a long, a long um, life on metal and almost all surfaces. So that's another thing that renders it different. It may be sensitive to sunlight, so it might be good to hang your clothes out in the sun or, or, or something. Um, it seems to be sensitive to heat, but I'm not sure that's true. So drinking very, very hot beverages. I'm having a, a, a tea with ginger, <laughs> very hot, and um, that's supposed to help your immune system in general. But be calm and breathe and never forget that our our immune system is also in our gut. Eat well. You teach that. And another one of my students, she's at home with her invalid husband, and she didn't even have time. She wasn't able to write me, but she's a dietologist. But she's a, she's a medical doctor and dietologist. And she was trying to quickly, quickly explain to me on the phone about um, the foods that we eat that give us a, um, a boost and, and that sort of thing. Of course, you talk about it often but I think she was talking about phytochemicals in, in particular. And so the types of vegetables and things that can help boost your system. So Italians going back to eating healthy food at home and, and you'll notice on a, in an Italian restaurant, for example, the first thing you see are the vegetables and the fruits and then maybe the fish and whatever. And then there's a little bit of dessert at the end. Um, that's a good 
a good way to think. But for me, and with what I do, we have to say centered. So one of the things that stimulates the immune system, you know, you work out really hard, and um, is exercise. In this period, however, if we over-exercise, maybe if we're running, if we're training for marathons and that sort of thing, overdoing it can sometimes, when you're also under stress, it can depress your immune system. So you might want to do comfortable workouts, regular comfortable workouts that work your cardiovascular system, that are helping you release muscle tension so that we're not constantly ready to run, to fight, scared. Fear can generate a lot of, of, of stress hormones. We've talked about that so many times. So breathe, do some stretching. If you practice yoga, do yoga. I have a really good exercise that I give to people. It's called progressive breathing. Um, when my clients come in and they're super hyped and I have a lot of professionals that are traveling and they're very up and I can't teach them. So I stay them. I make them lay down and we breathe. And I start by breathing naturally. Then you breathe in for four counts and you breathe out for four counts. Then for five, six, seven. And ideally you would be, be able gradually to work up to breathing in for 20 and breathing out for 20 without gobbling the air. Do you breathe in through the nostril? You breathe out through the nostril because nasal breathing filters the air. It calms you. You feel your breathing apparatus. So I start people with breathing in for four and out for four and in for five and out for five. And we work our way up to 10. Most people can do that. Um, and then people are calm and I can start the lesson. It can be a very high energy lesson or it can be a lesson of, of flexibility and stretching. Um, and uh, it gives the tone to whatever. I'm, I'm doing, whether it's Pilates or whether it's you know, dance exercise or something else. But it's so important to listen to your body and to listen to your breath um, and be active. That also calms the nerves. And so we can stay in our apartments together <laughs> and, um, and have good energy there. Yes, at all ages. So there are so many questions and so many things to tell you. I, I hope I've, I've covered some of the things, but um, every day is different. For example, today at six o'clock, nobody had their speakers out in the window down in the valley. <laughs> but I'm sure in the city they were, they were singing and dancing. Mm -hmm. I thought I would see questions on Facebook, but I think everybody's just enjoying your message. Um, I know we have people joining in. I know some family members joining in, Shallon and Anne. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you can see my kisses I'm sending to you. <laughs> um, so this is, um, for those of you just joining in, this is my Aunt Linda Foster who's in Italy and we're, we're um, I'm, I'm recording on Zoom and sharing on Instagram Live and Facebook Live the best I can because the connection is just kind of overwhelming. I'm not so good here. <laughs> so, um, but the other thing I wanted to tell you, and um, we put What's that? Go ahead. You wanted to say something? Uh oh. Like My <laughs> yes, I think um, I just got a message that the internet connection is unstable. We shouldn't have said that. 
but um, just so you might know how it, how our have being checked is being handled here. It does not at all feel like a police state, but um, a, you, you, um, we have our, our, we write out our own something like this, write out our, uh, oh, I can't think, our certificate, our auto certification of where we're going and why we're going there. Um, there are the carabinieri, the state police are set up over and they will stop you and check you, but they, they give you a sense of, of helpfulness. Um, it may come to that in America where there's stops because there's, it's such a mobile country, but also, um, I think that whether it's the United States or here or very soon in France and in Germany, people will pull together, but don't wait for the government to tell you what to do. Isolate a little bit on your, on your own, pull back into your, your family situation so that you don't have to get to that point because it is so easy to catch this virus. Right. So um, it is highly transmittable. How is the testing there? How, how do, we're having trouble with getting the test here. Is it is the test readily available? Um, it is available for people who have been in contact with somebody who has coronavirus. Okay, it I can't um, because we can no longer uh, Italians can no longer go to their local. Each community has its own local um, medico di base. It's called but no longer can you go there for the fear of, of transmission. So we can only, if we feel, if we have the symptoms of asano, short, shortness of breath, um, muscle aches, uh, fever, a cough, a dry cough, we can call the medica di base. By phone, they analyze what you have, but if you have many symptoms, then, then you can, then you can be tested. I believe that people are set to test you to do the tampone, right, for the disease. I, in some parts of the north now, I think they have succeeded in having drive-throughs. And I think that in America, that's something that'll be easily implemented if you have enough um, of the kits, because everything is, is um, there's just not enough material whether whether it's the kits or the masks or the the tute, the um, the uniforms, one of the reasons that so many doctors are being um, infected and dying in the north is that they don't have enough changes of masks and gloves and everything. And so now the whole country, as the United States probably will be, has to go into mass manufacturing of these things. Some some businesses that are going out of business for one thing need need to adapt into another mode. And provide this sort of thing. So to answer your question, that you you can get um, the tests if you are symptomatic. Most people um, are sent home in isolation because there are not enough there's not enough room in the hospitals. Although in in the Roman hospital um, for infectious disease, which is just a A class, very top notch hospital, um, they've been handling the infection rate quite well and they still have beds. Um, but so most people go home and, and they're isolated at home unless they have respiratory crisis and then they have to go into um, isolation in the hospital. Many people are at home asymptomatic. Um, 
And you asked me if I knew anyone with coronavirus. I don't know her personally, but the mayor of our town tested positive for coronavirus. And unfortunately, just before that, she had a meeting with 100 people. And so now they're trying to find uh, the connections to try to be in, to trace all of those connections and, and to see. And then the, each one of those people will be tested. So, um, and so, you know, there are quite a few people in the government who have tested positively. So the people who are in the front line who have to meet or traveling, trains, planes, etc., are more exposed to the virus. But the testing is, is somewhat available, but there are just not enough kits to do everyone. You can't just have every community test the whole community. It would be great to know that. But then there's another problem with that. I could be tested today, asymptomatic, but still carry the virus. So it's a mysterious disease. It is, yeah. Well, Linda, thank you so much for doing this, everybody. I'm going to end the live. Um, I want I don't want you to stay on because I know Talia wants to say hi to you, <laughs> but I'm going to say. Oh, please! <laughs> it's um, wonderful. I'm one. It's wonderful to talk to everyone, um, and uh, great to be in touch with the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know, there's so much more I could. I, I wasn't really prepared to, I wish I could give you more detailed information, but um, we do the best we can. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview today with my aunt Linda, and it gave you some hope and some opportunities to see some of the, the silver linings that might be here for us at this time. Also to understand the concerns that we have and how serious we need to take the situation at hand. And we will continue to provide you with information and support at The Spa Doctor on Facebook, on Instagram, through our emails to The Spa Doctor family. So please stay tuned. We will keep you informed, updated, and tools available to you as we have them and as we have understanding of that. Please share this interview with others that you love and care about that, um, so that they too can have some of the information and hear from a person who is inside this and living it in the moment, but also finding hope and um, ways that we will be able to get through this together. I also would love to hear your feedback, your comments, so please send them our way. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor Podcast. Thank you.